everyone, and welcome to the 16th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is platym 3 And this is Liam Land. So we have a new Instagram account. We did a grandma what now? <laughs> uh, so I'm digging up uh, some old Dragon Quest photos from uh, Japan trips to post, so everyone please follow that account if you haven't already. Um, I also started reading Dragon Quest Monsters Plus with my son, and then we abruptly stopped abruptly stop <laughs> yeah. so please take this as a warning and read it yourself read it to yourself first um i didn't exactly read up on the age restrictions for this book and since my three-year-old son alex and i had just beaten the uh the first dragon warrior game together i thought we'd give this re a read through um so since i was planning on reading dqm plus for uh, an upcoming podcast i thought this could be fun father and son thing to do together um so we get through the first book totally fine lots of allusions to dragon warrior monsters which i finally beat for the first time this past february after years of attempted playthroughs about time um, yeah seriously <laughs> so this game was actually fresh in my mind and i'm explaining the easter egg, the in-game easter eggs references uh in the book to my son and as he nods politely pretending to know what i'm talking about um so alex loved pointing out all the monsters he'd seen in dragon warrior quest of the stars and dragon quest swords all of which uh, we've been playing through together so uh then we get to book Two. Another uh, upshirt, upskirt shot. Uh, he, he liked that one. He liked that part. He did. Uh, who doesn't? Um, I mean, much? Yeah. <laughs> like, Daddy, look. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, so as spoiler-free as possible about book book two, as I'm, I'm sure we'll go th through this in future podcasts. Um, about a quarter of the way through book two, there's a part where uh, a hero—I won't show you, I won't tell you who—but a hero shows up and, and cuts a dragon into pieces, like really, really graphically, um, actually slicing off parts of the dragon before ultimately killing it. And for the first time in, in my son's book-loving life, my son was like, "Daddy, I want to stop reading." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of, I, I remember that part and I was like, mm, okay, you know, good thing this is all black and white and just pet an outline here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, lesson learned, Dragon Quest parenting tip, read the books yourself first. Uh, yeah, yeah th those first person battle perspectives in the classic Dragon Quest games really toned down the battle of violence. Um, good, good job with the Magna Artist who reminds us that you're actually like, you're killing them. This isn't Pokemon. They're not getting knocked out quote-unquote yeah it's actual brutal violence i mean of course knowing is half the battle and the other half is brutal violence Ah, <laughs> uh, speaking of brutal violence the yeah. uh, games we're going to talk about tonight yeah yeah that's you, true you you true. are not just simply bopping a hundred slimes on the head you are slaying thousands of them yeah they're not just like flashing and then disappearing they're no, actually no. getting destroyed so and uh, to uh talk to us tonight yeah about the genocide who do we have yeah joining us tonight we have from the dragon's den our resident dragon quest heroes expert brother jaybird oh we're all in trouble now <laughs> hi everybody sorry <laughs> explain to us all the genocide and welcome to the podcast by the way thanks for having me Welcome. And also joining us tonight, we've got the uh, Dragon Sin owner. We got Woodus with us. How's it going? So tonight we're going to talk about Dragon Quest Heroes. Yes, but before we do that, let's get to know our guest a little bit. So, uh, Brother Jaybird, I, I think, did you change your username recently on the den? Uh, yeah, a few months ago. Uh, right. I, I was 
I was originally Jaybird C way back when. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's with the username? What's with that one? What's with the new one? And tell us a little bit how you got into Dragon Quest at the beginning. Okay, so uh, Brother Jaybird is the latest evolution. I, I, my, my nicknames evolve over time like Pokemon. It's the latest evolution of a nickname <laughs> I've been using since high school, um, way back when, uh, revolving around uh, peculiarities in my own name that I've been using. Uh, so Brother Jaber just happens to be the latest version of that. I changed that from uh, Jaybird C because that C was just really kind of hanging on there after a while. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to get rid of this. It doesn't sound as cool as it did three years ago when I started. Mm-hmm. So what are you? What are some of your favorite uh, least favorite or least favorite games in the DQ series? Um, I'd have to say that uh, one of my absolute favorites is Dragon Quest VIII, which is how I got started uh, with Dragon Quest. Uh, I know I'm a Renaissance era fan, uh, so I came on uh, with the coming of eight to PlayStation Two, and I started with. Um, the first time I ever played a Dragon Quest game, it was the promotional disc, actually, for um, Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, so I got to play that. That was exciting. It was gorgeous. Loved every instant of it. And then I got to the end of the demo and went, okay, now I really want to play the real game. Um, so I did eventually when it did came out, come out. And then I transitioned uh, from there into Rocket Slime. Uh, Dragon yeah. Quest, which has the which has the Dragon Quest Heroes title, but isn't actually part of the franchise. That's going to be a fun little piece of trivia for all future comers. Why is this one called Dragon Quest Heroes when it has nothing to do with the actual Dragon Quest Heroes games? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the original Dragon Quest Heroes. <laughs> it was, it was, and it was a very fun game, a very different game, but I I loved it a lot too. Um, technically, the first Dragon Quest game, the first exposure I had to the series was. Um, through Nintendo Power, I believe, late in the 90s, the Mario Tennis issue. And they had several a several-page article on uh, Dragon Warrior 1 and 2, which were coming out as a combo t- as a combo pack for the Game Boy or the Game Boy Color at the time. And I read that, and it didn't make much of an impression on me at the, at the time. Um, but then I uh, later learned in life what Dragon Ball was and who Akira Toriyama was, and I happened to be going through this old Nintendo Power magazine I had, and I realized, you know, this looks an awful lot like Akira Toriyama art. This looks suspiciously like Akira Toriyama art. <laughs> oh, it is Akira Toriyama art. Okay, this is cool. So that was my first real exposure to the Dragon uh, Quest franchise back in the days of Dragon Warrior. Uh, but I didn't come on until Dragon Quest Eight, as I said. Um, other games I happen to like in the franchise are the Heroes games, which are which are very fun. Um, I am looking into Eleven. Some of you may know, uh, and I'm and I'm discovering that one for myself. I'm like a year and a half late to the game, but you know I'm getting there. I'm catching up. I can finally someday <laughs> go back into the thread threads and look at all the spoilers without destroying it for myself. Wow, you really haven't seen the spoiler show okay great are you going to be playing the uh i've I've caught a few from the podcast i'm so sorry i missed everything you just said there oh that's all right i was gonna say are you playing the uh the the ps4 or the switch version i i am all my modern gaming is done through the laptop so string steam oh okay steam oh Oh, great cool All right, so are there any games in the franchise? Well, I mean, you're kind of doing one right now with Dragon Quest XI. Any other games in the franchise that you haven't got around to that you're pretty excited to at some point? I have looked at, I have played all the mainline games, actually. Um, when I, I picked up seven 
the remake a few years ago, and I finally got around to playing that because that was the major gap in my playing experience. Uh, so I was finally I was pretty excited to get on board with that one because that one's actually a pretty good game. Lot, lots of lots of story in it, which I appreciate. Um, there's not a lot of new that I'd like to look into right now, but there are a few old games that never came out in the West that I've been meaning to get around to. Uh, I mentioned a few months ago that I was going to try and look at Monsters, the the remake they made for the 3DS monster games, which looked pretty interesting. Yeah, I played that one. Actually, it was pretty funny about two days ago, my son, who I've been really getting into playing kind of role-playing games and actually going through a game and beating it and rolling credits this year, we've done Hyrule Warriors, we've done Fire Emblem Warriors, um, we beat Luigi's Mansion 3 about two weeks ago, and now we're working our way through Let's Go Pikachu. Um, he remembers me sitting on the computer two years ago, and it was right around the spring two years ago. He's like, Daddy, can we play Terry's Wonderland a little bit tomorrow or something? So yeah, I've played through the English translation of that um, using the Citra, and it works well. Well, that's good. I I, I wonder how well the Citra might work on my machine, because this machine is about two years old, and I don't know how good for quality-wise it is. There are some modern games that I can't play very well. Uh, my, my machine struggles playing anything developed for the PS4, so I, I've beaten the Heroes games, as you clearly know, but I have, I, I had to struggle my way through it, because <laughs> it, 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 it runs at a gallop of about... 20 frames per second. Oh, man. Does, does it make Zelda so, easier if it's choppy? <laughs> it works if it's choppy. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work if it's not. Flat so I, it works well enough to beat, which is what I appreciate. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to Zoma later, but yeah, that's one of the veins <laughs> of both Platy and my existence in the game. Yeah. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, I beat him once out of, I think, more or less luck. Like, he missed me by, like, one frame, and I got him with uh, Aurora's... Cold Fusion—that's the name. That's what the attack name is. I listened to her shouting get in my ear for like a year and a half, and I forgot it already. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it was what Liam just said—the ice slash. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So, uh, so you, you joined—you joined the den in the summer of uh, 2017. Any any specific reason you joined? Um, well, I wanted to talk Dragon Quest with some people, and I—I'd been lurking uh, on and off for like over a decade now. Uh, I first found the den at least in the high school when I was using it to um, do research on the games because I wasn't able to finish some of the ones I had. And so I wanted to see, okay, what was up? What was what was going down? Uh, due to some uh, moving around and some of my old games getting put into storage. So I never actually finished the original Dragon Quest VIII. I didn't get to finish it until the remake came out for the 3ds all right so yeah just like the rest of us that's the reason we started this podcast we just want to talk dragon quest Mm -hmm. so speaking of talking um so we have this game we haven't played it actually in probably a couple of records um sometimes we just forget and sometimes we just don't we run out of ideas uh so so, uh, i'm going to my phone for this one because i texted oh no maybe i didn't text you I had it you draft. didn't text me all three uh, yeah no i had it in draft okay all right it's so secretive i'm not even sharing it with you uh, i don't even know what that's true <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh brother jaybird your um uh your dragon quest heroes mary thwack puff puff are isla aurora and the rune sales lady who says hello donkey Oh, man. Well, I think my brain just broke on that last one. Give me a second. <laughs> I feel like I want to look at the voice actor for that one before I make my decision. 
Vladdy, if you're <laughs> if you're deleting silences, I think you should leave them in for this for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> These are real silences here. <laughs> Long pregnant pauses. Yeah. Yeah. Quality quality silence provided by Jaybird. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Isla, Aurora, and Hello, Ducky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with. Uh... I don't know what I'm in here for here in the long term, but I'm going to go with Mary Aurora Puff Puff from Isla. And by default, by default, she uh, uh, whack no the ducky lady. Her, so I can't, I can't sort her into Mary or Puff Puff, so she gets thwacked by default. And I'm, I'm <laughs> terrible. Oh, that's harsh. Goodbye, <laughs> Ducky. <laughs> she needs to go. Keep she telling you, my name's not there. Ducky. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Woodis, what? when i show up i just it gets it gets annoying after a while <laughs> it, it, and you have to talk to her so many times yeah mm. and she's in she's in i've been playing uh dragon quest swords recently um and uh she's in that too and she calls you lover which is kind of even creepier <laughs> oh, yeah right. she's definitely going in plaque now yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note Woodis, what, what what's your call on this Oh, I'm gonna have to go the same route just for the same butt reasons. <laughs> uh, I mean, Aurora's um, got a temper, but you know her. Her heart is technically in the right place most of the time. Yeah, I, I yeah. would say marry Aurora. I'd say uh, puff puff the rune sales lady, and then thwack Isla. What'd she do to you? Not give you any magic tools? Uh, no, no. I like I like the ship. That's real cool. But I don't. I, I don't know about the boomerang in this game. Oh, man, I'll be honest. She was the character that I used by far the least. I don't even know if there was ever a time where I chose to use her that I didn't have to, Isla. So. Yeah, she doesn't stand out very much, no. which is bizarre because you'd think she stands out. She's got all the tropes to stand out, but then you've got Doric on the one side, then you've got all the other legacy characters on the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I am going to switch it up a little bit. And even though I just said that, uh, I think Aurora's, um, she plans too much. I can't imagine getting married with that kind of schedule and her oh. laying out all that battle plan. No, no, that was that. Oh was no, the, that's the other dude. That's, that's the, the other boy. guy. Because she's the guy. She's like the balance for that. She's making fun of him for being too that's focused right. on the plans. Oh man. Well, he can that's be the, the wedding... boyfriend. I will. Yeah, the yeah that's boyfriend. the. That's how they create the sexual tension in the game. Yes. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot that. Okay, I had that backwards then. In that yeah. case, uh, I'll I'll go with uh, what Woodis and Brother Jaybird said. I'm I'm fine with there. They they made good points. Right. Which I think <laughs> is like now, that, uh, we need a jackets for the club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they did that on purpose too. I'm sure. Like you've got two strategic two two different approaches. To this the strategy and the like all in just like going mm -hmm. and destroy everything which i um, very much both, appreciate because you don't yeah. get that in a lot of dragon quest games the hero is so often just a silent protagonist he's got like no personality at all <laughs> and so then a lot nice comes this game and he can't shut up personalities they don't really do anything with the strategy versus just all in it's just like two different flavors of people but still it's flavor mm, yeah very yeah. true yeah and i mean they have hairdos too unlike uh the game that you're playing right now uh... <laughs> I think you can don't probably get, mod the hairstyle. Oh, he's on the protagonist. I don't mind the hairstyle so much as the rest of him. Yeah, I, you know, get get a good outfit, get a good armor, and just put it on and pretend he's cool. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> pretend he has a personality. Got it. Correct. He did as a child. Some it just he did. went away. He did. He even got words <laughs> as a child, which is more yeah. than the best drag. Right. Madison. 
before he was uh, stunned into mutehood. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but enough about Dragon Quest Eleven. We're going to be talking about Dragon Quest Heroes, um, the World Trees Woe, and the Blight Below, one of my uh, favorite subtitles for any of our games here. I remember hearing uh, or reading articles on the internet about uh, there was some like guy on IGN or something that r- literally wrote a whole article about like how dare you give it this title so that I have to type this out like 200 <laughs> times over the next few months. <laughs> it was a little humorous column about like, uh, you know, just I can't believe I got to type this all the time. And that's one of your jokes is like whenever you abbreviate, you always put in like DQH oh. colon TWTW and TBB or whatever. ATBB. Yep. It's got twat in the middle. It's always funny. Oh my god! Why did I never notice that that before? (laughs) It's basically D D Q H T W twat B B. Oh, I swear I never noticed that before. I mean, it's. I've typed this in so many oh times God. that, I mean, honestly, I don't even have to type it in anymore. <laughs> Since I do all my den viewing practically on oh, my no. phone, it, it just fills it in. The second I type in DQH, it pops up as the number one suggestion. Uh, and now, and now so for a second, I thought you were going to say your brain just kind of goes into autopilot at that point. And you blank out for every half second. Nope, all, all I got to do is click a little, like, yes, that's 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 what I was trying to type. All I can think yep. of now is Dragon Quest Heroes, the world twat blight below. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, the, uh, you, you might consider the uh, final boss kind of a twat. And well, thanks. My God, thanks. Zoma is. Thanks, oh, certainly. <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks for that image. You're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> Which so, I uh, never, we never need to make you a shirt that just has that acronym on it. Just have it right in the middle, you know, really bold letters. I survived the twat. <laughs> <laughs> We definitely didn't. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I, I when I post on Twitter the other day, somebody was saying something about how many platinums you have or what was your first platinum. I was like, I have zero, none. <laughs> I, I picked it, easy platinums. I did uh, Shovel Knight and um, A Day of the Tentacle. I, I was very disappointed though when I beat Child of Light two years ago, and I beat it uh, like the day before Dragon Quest Eleven came out. I was really pumping hard to finish that at the end, and it's only like a 10, 12 hour game. And I found everything, and I, like, got this gold PSN thing for a trophy, and it was, like, for finding everything in the game or for completing every task in the game. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I looked it up. They don't have a platinum trophy for that. So I was like, oh, come on. The only game I ever do everything in, and it didn't have a platinum. So, oh, You well. can say you got one platinum in spirit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, some, somebody made fun of my uh, Platinum 3, that I could not be Platinum 3 if I have zero platinums, but, you know. Oh, well, <laughs> so uh, let me let me give my like one minute quick summary of the game and then we can uh, get into this game a little bit deeper. Um, you might have heard if you've lit, followed my Twitter and looked at uh, other podcasts I've been on. I was just talking about this game a couple weeks ago and a month ago on uh, the RPG backtrack on RP Gamer. And I think I gave about a one minute summary of this game, too. And, you know, it, like every other Dragon Quest game, there's a big bad guy at the end. The world's falling into evil. But uh, this game actually has pretty cool... Um, it doesn't have a very deep storyline, but I thought it was pretty cool at the beginning because everybody's coexisting with monsters. This is a world where the monsters are running the shop 
down the road. They're pulling a wagon through the streets. The slimes are bouncing along next to you. Uh, monsters aren't bad, but all of a sudden, bam, in the intro, something happens. All the monsters, suddenly their eyes turn red, um, and they turn bad, and things are going on. You gotta, you, you're one of the guards. You can pick um, either the male or female, Aurora or the other bum. Uh, Lucius. Lucius, Lucia. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can pick one of those two and you can play as both of them, of course, because um, the gameplay lets you switch between people. But you, you pick one of those to start with and they're guards in the Royal Army of um, King Doric's army, who you get to play with, too. And they, his castle is at the base of the world tree the Yggdrasil tree and throughout the game, you know, monsters are taking over the castle. You got to escape from the castle. You got to beat monsters here. You got to beat monsters there. You fly in a big city ship designed by, uh, what would you call her? Isla. Isla. Yeah. Isla. Isla. Um, an inventor in this kingdom has built an entire ship that floats in the sky. That's an entire city that you travel around the world, going kingdom to kingdom, freeing cities, going through the mines for this item or this person or whatever. And eventually your paths lead you back to the world tree. Um, you go up the tree, you go down the tree, you're digging in the roots, trying to figure it out. But basically um, the big bad guy is I want Velasco, Velasco. I can't remember how his name, it, he looks like a little Italian or not a little Italian guy, but uh, he's got the slick back white hair, the little mustache. Yeah, you the know. pencil thin mustache. Yeah, the pencil thin mustache, <laughs> you know, that only only enemies have. Um, and he is trying to revive the shadow dragon that lives beneath the tree and wants to kill the tree and bring ruin to the world and, you know rule everybody so doing that by making the monsters all fight people turn oh, them the against yes the spaniard that's it i was gonna say that doesn't what's that i i went and go went to look it up myself while you were talking sorry and i, I and the result i'm getting is helmet his name huh. is helmet in the japanese version i don't think so <laughs> actually i could be mistaken let me see here i've got Velasco. Oh, Velasco. that's right Velasco. Well, yeah it, it is Velasco in the in the english dub uh, but it's helmet in the Japanese. Uh, well, that's one reason to become a villain. <laughs> oh, with a name like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you're taking heroes throughout the game. Um, there's story reasons, whatever, that all these other heroes from other Dragon Quest games are being brought to the world. And they join your party. They want to help you fight this off. And I mean, it's pretty cool. Like it, it actually for some of them, it gives specific times where they're pulled out of the game. Um, like with Bianca and Nera, they're pulled from their game, their world, the night before the Dragon Quest V hero is going to make a decision on who to marry. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. I mean, they talk about that. They're like, we don't know what's going to happen when we go back. One of us is going to get married. Right. Um, but yeah, with all these story reasons and at the end, um, the goddess bird shows up and tells you that she's been the one to go through all the different worlds and gather these heroes to help you defeat the problems going on in your world and uh and at the end she brings them all back and they disappear yeah. i thought that was a pretty cool plot device because we, we you know we know the phoenix from uh dragon quests uh three and eight but we've never actually seen this kind of trans dimensional uh power for the phoenix before which is i thought it was a cool addition the, uh... i'm trying to actually see her in action for once 
besides trying to kill us, but you know. <laughs> so, uh, Jaybird, we'll start with you. When did you first get a chance to play this? Oh gosh, I picked this up. I think I, I picked this up. I think at one of the Steam summer sales. Um, so I think it might have been. It was it was a while ago, right after I joined the den. So it was either around winter twenty eight winter twenty seventeen or Steam summer sale twenty eighteen. One of those two. I forget the specifics. Did you beat it right away? Did you go plow through it or take uh, your time? I, 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 paid it, I played it uh, on and off. Um, not possibly every day, because I, I remember finishing that one much faster than I finished Dragon Quest uh, Heroes 2. Because Heroes 2 took me a while. Because uh, I, would, I would play Heroes 2 in the winters and then skip most of the year. So it took me like three whole winters to beat that game. Because I'm really, really slow. Uh, um, but Heroes One, I finished more or less right away. All right, Liam, when did you get it? Um, so I, I bought a, I bought the PS4 for this game uh, back in 2015, um, and I actually ended up playing the demo first at uh, before it came out at uh, New York Comic Con, um, and got to be one of the people to uh, beat Gigantes in the in the demo, um, which was pretty cool. You got to get your picture taken with Helix, the mascot for the game, um, in front of this board with like your name and and like the number of people who who had uh, who had beaten the um uh the demo which was like surprisingly difficult because you're fighting gigantes at low level characters nice so what was the number behind you uh you know i'm gonna have to look up my photo but it's like it's still if you go back to the um probably the easiest way to find it is go to the dragon quest facebook account and just like look back at um at the photos from like the 2015 uh dragon quest heroes um but yeah there's like a whole bunch of people in there and people also that i've known uh that i know now that didn't know then um were also uh had beaten the, the demo including like um uh nyani uh sore the the uh cosplayer uh she was there and uh, uh kebby who I know from the old NX forums. He was there. I'd never met him in person, but I saw that the, he used the same screen name for that uh, for that contest. So I was like, oh no way. So, Pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, yeah, that was the first time I got to hang out with like the um, marketing team and and talk to them about the games and um, and uh, oh that's right, I, I met Gabriel um from uh, uh from peru uh at that at that demo too and i, I coached him through uh beating gigantes um yeah there's a the, the, that was a really cool time um definitely for sure the, the new york comic-con Woodis, mm-hmm. when did you get to play i imported the japanese version of it and I, I played through a good part of it i don't believe i finished it though doing the google translate from my phone for that one and then i bought the 2015 when it came out and then i've also got the switch combo pack but i've only played up far enough to meet ragnar and talk to him but not make him playable huh so he he i was talking about this the other day on the other podcast i was on and i couldn't remember he was in they added him to the first version yeah to one oh, okay oh he's not in he's not a dqh2 i thought he was for the switch i Japan. i don't believe so but i could be wrong because i haven't played the switch version of oh, okay. two yet mistaken okay yeah, I remember he was added to one or the other, and I can't for the life of remember. I know he's in one because I've met him in one. I haven't played okay. enough through two to see if he's in that one as well. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's in two because uh, I remember seeing trailer footage that reminds me very much of some of the dungeons in two. So he may oh. show up. Uh, I might be. I might have my versions backwards then too because i bought it right when i got or played it right when i got it and i haven't picked it up since one of those ones i need to get back to playing through i was trying to look uh ragnar appears 
Oh, man. As, okay, that really doesn't help. Um, on the Ragnar page on the DragonQuest.org, the wiki, um, it says it's got listed Dragon Quest Heroes, World Trees Woe, Light Blow, and Dragon Quest Heroes 2 um, combo pack. Ragnar appears as an exclusive playable character in the Switch version. It doesn't say what. <laughs> Maybe oh, it's well. both. A Switch version of what? I know. It's like, okay, you just said two things, and he appears there. Yeah. Where? Not, not too sure. Um, yeah. Now, Liam, I remember actually distinctively um, this game because I had it pre-ordered um, pretty early, but it was it probably wasn't the exact night I met you up in New York. But I remember riding on the train through the Bronx one night and canceling my pre-order. <laughs> I was like, man, this vacation's getting really expensive and I don't even have a Dragon Qu- I don't even have a PS4 yet. I'm going to cancel my pre-order on this and just uh, wait it out. So I didn't get this game right at launch, but uh, I did buy, it came out in what, September, October of 2015. And we were just getting ready to buy a house at that time. So I was like, okay, I can't buy anything. I want to buy this game. I'll get it soon. And then we moved into our house the Friday before Thanksgiving and paid everything, went through closing and everything the Friday before Thanksgiving, spent a week getting the house all put together and whatever. And then I wake up Black Friday and I'm like, okay, I know what my finances are and everything. And I look and I'm like, holy crap, there's Black Friday deals for PS4. There's a Black Friday deal for Dragon Quest Hero. So I bought that on Black Friday that year and I had it finished before Christmas. I know I did it pretty quickly because I remember my wife went away for a couple days, took the kids or actually we only had one at the time. She took a kid before Christmas and uh, went to her parents' house because the house we moved into, the backyard was literally half um, and we're on like a big about a half acre, but half the backyard, it was almost waist deep in just sticks and leaves and piles of just debris that had been pushed back there for years. So she's like, hey, you have three days to clear all that. (laughs) And I remember beating it during a break during that. So I, I know I beat it by Christmas. So. But since then, I've put in another 70, 80 games, or 70, 80, 70, 80 games, 70, 80 hours into this. So definitely a good long time. How many of those hours was just like trying to beat Soma? Yeah, you know, not many. I, I, I <laughs> tried him two or three times and I'm like, I'm not good enough for this. And then what's the other one? Uh, is it not Mortimer, but Dark Dream? Uh, or... It was Nocturnus and Atlas. Nocturnus, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I beat Atlas. I think I got lucky. That was one that I kept getting close to. And I was like, if I keep doing it, but no, the other two, I got beat so badly. I've probably not tried them more than two or three times. Yeah, I got beat so badly by Zoma. I didn't even try like Nocturnus or Atlas. <laughs> Jaybird, have you beat everybody? Uh, <clears throat> in the first game? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then I promptly forgot about them afterwards. It's like, you know, I'm done. We're good. <laughs> Never have to do that again. Udis, what about you? No, I didn't get all the way through all of them. I just, uh, I don't think I have the dexterity for what it takes to get through some of those bosses. Yeah, and I did the research, too. I, w- I went on to YouTube, and I'm watching videos of people just, like, plowing through it like it's nothing. And they make it look like, so oh, easy. that's all you have to do, really? Okay, and then I just go in there and just get green. Yeah. You know, because he takes out your party members first, because they're just kind of the AI. They're just kind of wandering around, you know, jar-jarring through the fight. And uh, and they're getting creamed. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big frustration with these games. A lot of the higher, bo- a lot of the final bosses that they offer you would be a lot easier if the AI didn't suck. Yeah. Like you're, you're paying attention, you're 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 minding your own butt, and all of a sudden, oh hey, there's one person, one party member down. Oh hey, there's another two members down. Oh wait, when did I turn into the last one? I have to spend all my Ingersoll leaves taking care of mopping up everybody else's mess. Yeah, yeah, they they you just burn through leaves like reviving dead AI characters. 
Yeah. yeah. I almost wish you could solo him, but I'm sure that wouldn't work either. Well, not not until Heroes 2, I think, could you meaningfully solo some of the bosses, because um, that was when they started adding in things like classes. In Heroes 1, you've just got Lucius and Aurora, and it's like, okay, do you want to fight him with fire or ice? Take a pick. Mm, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, that's... And you're stuck with whoever you started with, so right. Unless you go yeah. through. Well, you can and, you can bring Aurora in if you chose Lucius. You, you, or Lu- is it Lucius? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. yeah, but you couldn't solo with her if you were. Oh no no. You get, so, you, get uh, your, you get your player character, and that is it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, what about what about these characters we had here? What what do you like? What do you not like about the cast of this game? And uh, Brother Jaybird, we'll start with you. What, who are your favorites? Who were, did you never touch? Oh, that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> uh, for play, for playing, I stuck with uh, Bianca most of the time because I her her reign of pain skill is really easy to just get behind and keep using. Makes it really kind of easy to basically just cheese the game. And I'm not really in the mood for a challenge, just trying to get from one part of the story to the next. So I was like, okay. I'll stick with Bianca. She's good. She's useful. She got she's got multi hit. She's got critical skills. She's she's good. I'll I'll go with her. Um, but there are other good ones too. Um, a lot. Uh, uh, there are I do believe about four major uh, battle strategies. Characters that have definite go to battle strategies. Bianca is one. Uh, Nira is another because once you get her um once you get her um oh gosh I forget the name of the skill. She's got two magic skills that go and uh, go in tandem with each other she's got a suction skill and she's got a whirlwind skill crescent moon i think it is crescent moon i think is the uh, whirlwind skill so if you get those set up and you have her um it if you get her uh, regeneration on crit skills going she gets you you basically turn her into a little vortex of death which is really good for clearing out mobs um and then it's not a strategy I really used until I had to really actually fight the final bosses. Uh, but Terry and Elena are actually really good uh, because they're the DPS characters. So they, they do the most damage the quickest. But outside of gameplay, um, my absolute favorite character is Lucius. I, I, have no, there, I have no qualms about saying that. Lucius is a very appealing mix of traits because he's this stuffy tac- tactician uh, whose tactics are routinely ignored because uh, <laughs> his not-girlfriend is there to ignore them. Um, but he also has... When when you see him... In, pay attention to what he does in cutscenes and especially how he treats Helix because he just dotes on the little slime and it's so sweet to watch. He's got this heart of gold that's really appealing to, to watch in action um i've mentioned it a few times on the in the den uh but one of my favorite things about lucius is he's got this um he does the wingman thing for kirill uh so like the first thing he does when he realizes kirill's got a crush on um elena is this calls for a strategy and he immediately <laughs> starts planning out how he's going to attack the problem and it's just so delightful because you never see that kind of thing well I, I i don't see that kind of thing at least myself very often it's like so i see this happening and i go this is a guy this is a bro to have i wish lucis was a real person because that is definitely a wingman i want <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh did i mention Doric? i'm gonna i'm gonna do a brief bit on doric not as much as Lucius, but I love... Doric's got a really good bit of voice talent behind him. Um, 
he he does the boisterous bruiser trope really really well and it's always fun to call down Doric's attacks because you just hear this guy just having a blast as he's <laughs> destroying hundreds and hundreds of monsters like yeah this is another guy I'd like to have in real life right a king who can actually fight well that that that's a benefit too but it's mostly just how he fights that I love so much it's like this is the exact voice I can imagine this guy having. Yeah. Isn't he the one that beats the gird your loins into the ground too? comment? Could be. Could be. I, I can't imagine Aurora talking about everyone going there at once. <laughs> I, I am 100% sure you're right there, Rudis. That, that reminds me very much so of him. So what's funny, Brother Jaybird, you mentioned, you know, the reign of pain, and I think Liam is going to um, agree with me here. But yeah, that that was definitely who I abused all the time, just that reign of pain skill. And I know um, I got to level 100 with everybody or 99 with everybody. Um, and I know the strategies that if you look up right now, the strategies for getting lots of many the mini medals and if you look at right yeah and if you look up the strategies for how to get to level 99 it all deals with with her and that skill Uh and you know that was something i had just taken advantage of the whole game and then when i got to the i i really never have gone super far in the post games with uh dragon quests i mean nine i did quite a bit but i mean i've never i didn't get as far as wudas and liam with the revocating and everything and but I mean, I've taken on the option. I defeated God in seven and whatever, but I never maxed out anything until this game. And I think it was because I had already done that so much throughout the game that when I was like, okay, I'm at 50, I'm at 60. What do I got to do to take this to the end to keep beating it? And I look it up and I'm like, oh, I've already, I got this. I, I know how to use that. Um, definitely her. I would say 99% of the game was I use Lucius, Aurora, um, Bianca, and then I would have a rotating, I'd use Yangus because uh, he's hilarious. I'd use Carol. Um, he's one of my favorite characters ever in the series. And I'd use Doric. And honestly, that was about it. I mean, you got Terry, you got Sorrow, but I was just like, eh, they're more. They're another two sword users. I've already got two sword users with Lucius and Aurora. I what like Doric. Smash Brothers? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then that. Sorrow has the great sword, so that's that's a pretty... Uh, so it's a sword. Great. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that's how... Sword. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. You know, the Doric, the voice, and how he just laughs all the time, and Yangus, those, those are just good to have around, and yeah. like I said, Kirill's one of my favorite evers, and I mean, whatever, Nera, I, I've said this plenty of times before, screw her, whatever. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, Nera, Nera has the bubble magic, which I, I couldn't really get behind. Um, mm-hmm. I did get her to 99. I got all the characters to 99, but I didn't really use Nera a lot. Uh, I used Bianca for Reign of Pain, definitely. Um, I was also a big fan of uh, uh, Yangus for Helm Splitter, Jessica for um, Hustle Dance. Uh, Terry's electric magic uh was fantastic for just um disabling any of the the mech monsters oh yeah like, uh, that, was, that was that was a go-to strategy yeah yeah, like yeah. The killer uh killing machines and, and all that um so just bring terry in for that and then elena for just her attacks and the voice acting which i found obnoxious at first and then kind of came to love <laughs> um and then uh, of course a big shout out to male and female puff puffs in this game uh, <laughs> you can get a puff puff from yankus <laughs> you can you can you can get puff puffed by Doric with his his giant moves his his massive <laughs> pectoral muscles 
Yeah, this game this game did great job with all the uh, puff puffs. You could go into uh, Patty's planning place area basically, and all the cast was sitting around. And was it just completely random if you went it up was. and talked to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I think you could only get one puff puff from every character, but it wasn't always going to trigger. So you had to kind of keep going in and out, and uh, that sounded weird. Um, <laughs> in and out of the room, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and then just like coming back and talking to like and I actually I had I had manually written down a list to make sure I'm not talking to the same character if I got the puff puff already. So it's like all right. Yeah, they took an achievement behind that, didn't yes. they? Yes. Yeah, you get an accolade for that. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is called the Puffington Host. Ah, uh, oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. It, at least on PSN it was, or in the game. I don't know if Steam has a different one, or was, I don't think yeah, it'd be called that's something what they different. It, that's what they called in the Steam version, if I recall. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, you're right. It's an in-game achievement. It's not necessarily a trophy or a Steam thing or a PSN thing. It's the in-game achievement system they've got. So yeah, Puffington Host. That was a good one. That one sticks in my head. Not a lot of things names like that do, but that was pretty funny. Hmm. So Woodis, any uh, favorites, least favorites for you? Oh, I definitely... Um, stuck with Bianca for a good portion of the game. I tried to rotate everybody in or out just to give them play time and try and get used to their battle styles, but her attacks were just so, especially when you were metal hunting, was just yeah. so beneficial. <laughs> yeah. She kills the most the fastest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys pretty much covered everything the way I did it. Shout out to Kirill as well for his uh, his thwack, uh, thwack, thwack, um, coup de gras. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what they're calling, pretty, calling it now? Thwack, thwack? Yeah. <laughs> Move beyond puff puff to thwack thwack. Yeah, thwack 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 thwack. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was on uh when I first recorded a podcast about it about a month and a half ago. I remember talking about that, and I don't think anybody else knew the history behind that. So uh, you know, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, do that. It back the thwack in, uh, or the puff puff. <laughs> the thwack. <laughs> <laughs> they all thought it was funny, but uh, um, one of the female people that was on the podcast, she's like, oh, it was my favorite, you know, special attack, coup de gras, whatever. Um, she goes, it was just so funny that he's just like, thwack, 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 and getting frustrated and whatever. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 this goes back to Dragon Quest Four, like the first game he appeared in. If you didn't play the original NES version, you don't get this joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is definitely a joke that goes back to that, where if you didn't have him set up correctly, or maybe even if you did, um, he would try just thwacking every single monster in the game, final boss, whatever. He would just burn through his MP <laughs> trying to thwack. Get nothing for it. Yeah, getting yeah. nothing for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were talking about, because all these, this game was not a in-house development by Square Enix or the normal teams that do um, Dragon Quest games, but this was licensed out to Koi Tecmo, and who does all these kind of Musou-style games, um, Dynasty Warriors, Orochi Warriors, um, yeah, Hyrule Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, and then the Dragon Quest Heroes games. So it's a game that they kind of farmed out, but uh, they did an awesome job capturing uh, the complete feel of a Dragon Quest game. Like, it's a good thing they rebranded. They did a good job. <laughs> if they didn't, if they were still calling a Dragon Warrior, it would be Dragon Warrior Warriors. Yeah, that would have. <laughs> <laughs> or they would have just, you know, gone on with Dragon Warrior Heroes. Yeah, that what? yeah, that would have worked. <laughs> a little bit of trivia on the finishers from Heroes. Those are actually adapted from the finishers, the character-specific finishers in the Monster Battle Road arcade games. That's oh. right. Yeah, that thwack, uh, that thwack coup is from that game. Yeah. Uh, in particular, are the other animations uh, um, from there as well? Most of them. I can. Re- I remember that Jessica's uh, magic burst is direct is lifted from it. Uh, they don't go. They don't do the full cinematic with all the um, 
with all the setting in the background, but it, the characters go through the same motions and do the same attack. Just they're stuck in whatever setting you happen to be in. I've never caught that before. I'll have to go back and watch those again. You're in for a good time. <laughs> yeah, there's a so lot of good segues. stuff that you could... Uh, oh, I was, That segues into our voice acting discussion. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, this is Friday, the first... What, what were you saying? I was going to say, there's a lot of good stuff that... I mean, I am not someone to sit around and watch YouTube videos very much. Um, I've been notorious, like, people send me 30-second clips. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. I, I will argue for more than 30 seconds about s- sitting and watching a 30-second clip on my phone. But <laughs> I've... <laughs> That's a worthwhile expenditure of time. Exactly. No, I, 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 it's what I tell my son all the time. If you would have just done it, you would be done by now, and we wouldn't even have to have this argument. It would take less time. Now, same thing with me. Like, somebody sends me a funny video, and I'm like, mm, okay, whatever. I, I don't have 10 seconds to watch that. <laughs> But I, I can sure... to think that I don't have 10 seconds to watch it, though, which I'm going to use. Yes, I, I will spend 20 seconds texting you why I don't have the 10 seconds to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, there's a lot of good things. Like You could probably find some good mixes of all the different Puff Puffs here. I've done that before. Um, just people who've compiled all that or all the coup de gras or something. The uh, those Those clips are pretty good for this game to just sit and watch a few. You don't have to know story. You don't have to know whatever. There's just a lot of fun little snippets that you could watch together about this yeah i've got a bunch of them up on the den's youtube page but i don't have near all of them another one of those things to add to my list to do (laughs) write it down so liam you were talking about voice acting yeah so um how how does every how did everyone feel about the voice acting in this game i thought it was pretty fair i am not gonna i i I hate to say it but i'm not gonna nominate it for you know best voice acting of the year but several of the voices were very well chosen uh dorix was great um yangus's voice act was did yangus have the same voice actor from eight yeah yes uh, ricky rover rover yeah 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 he he's always done a good yangus um Lucius and Aurora were pretty good. Uh, got their got their character spirits across uh, cro- uh, across. I can speak the English language. Just give me a second here. Um, <laughs> got their voices across pretty well. I can't think of any bad. I, I can't think of anyone who did a bad job. Um, yeah. But uh, I think Elena. You, Elena was not what I expected. I think Elena was not what a lot of people expected. Yeah. That kind of like high pitch. And and again, at first when I heard that, I immediately was just like, no, no, definitely not. No, no. <laughs> and then and then she just kind of grows on you over time after you hear her say, very okay, enough times. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to acclimate to some of the voices. Yeah. I, I think one of my favorite, I think one of my favorite uh, voice acting jobs though was Robin Hood. I, I always love when Robin Hood shows up in the games, and you just got to listen to him babble on for a few minutes. I think I think Robin Hood was the best choice for that particular role. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I'd have to go look it up, but I loved I loved the Robin Hood missions unambiguously. I think it was cool just in the fact that it had voice acting, and you know, for all but like one or two people, like uh, other than Jessica and Yangus, this was the first time any of these characters had voice acting. So yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, we all read some really lovely broken Russian slang of <laughs> Alina and Kirill, uh, you know, on the DS version of Dragon Quest Four. But I mean, we'd never heard that Russian before. So right, I mean, right, yeah, pitch or not, I mean, I think Possibly. that was all a little. J- jarring there. <laughs> well, well and you've probably built a lot of suffering, Platy, because you've had this definite image in your head for like 20 years now. You just you're just not getting it ever. The, yeah, that's what I was yeah, gonna say. No, yeah, that's exactly. yeah, that's a good point. That's like w- one of the reasons I think it was so off-putting to hear at first uh, was was that I had 
this kind of idea of this character and then hearing her for the first time after like 20 years it just uh it was it, it was it took some transition time i had to <laughs> i had to grow accustomed to it but uh um also another um uh shout out actually to one of the voice actors um uh the voice actor who played Maya is actually uh, Anjali Mohindra, who is a an actor from a uh, a Doctor Who spinoff uh, called the Sarah Jane the Sarah Jane Adventures, I think, hmm. uh, or is it Sarah Jingles? Um, but yeah, the, which is essentially it was a um, kind of like a, a teenage version um, of Doctor Who meets like the X Files type thing. So um, yeah, we have that's a bit of uh, yeah the Sarah Jane Adventures uh, uh, Adventures rather. She played uh, Rani chandra in that show um which was on for i guess five years in the uk but uh yeah it's it's a kind of cool little bit of trivia there uh we have an actual uh professional actor who's been in uh in a doctor who spinoff is actually she's also you know looking her up right now she's in an episode of doctor who this year yep as a different character yeah yep yeah and uh um, I think she was. She was. She did have a bit part in uh, the Inbetweeners um, as like a, a character at a party who gets hit on by one of the guys. Okay. Uh, don't follow her career much at all, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like one of those things where if it's Doctor Who related, and I happen to no. I happen to see her in something else I watch, I'm like, oh wow, it's the same person. Yeah. Yeah. That's our excuse too. Oh. It's <laughs> Uh, so yeah um I, one of the other surprises to me because I, I don't read a lot of the party chat in a lot of the games i just and dragon quest 4 it wasn't there on the ds it was on the mobile version but thanks to well, thanks to probably me or uh maybe uh, i think it was king zine that's still doing it at the time we had those light speed contests back when the mobile ports of the games came out and like the first 10 people to finish the games got the badge on the den and I, 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 once I had Dragon Quest four on my uh, iPad or whatever, I think it was one of the first ones that came out. Was it? I think it might have been the first mobile port that came out right before uh, Dragon Quest eight then dropped, and then all the others started popping up. But um, oh, I didn't. I, I was freezing through that game, not reading the stuff too much. I never realized how much like Carol was so lovesick for Elena. I, I mean, it was hinted at in the Dragon. I, think we talked about this on the last episode when we talked um dragon quest 4 liam you mentioned it that there were some hints there that you find a little note or something from him to the princess in the yeah, original game you find his diary i think in in the um uh in in, in like church in a book that that he had left there i guess Mm-hmm. And he's got like a, but, a love note to uh, to Elena in it, and I think that's even in the Dragon Warrior Four for NES. Mm-hmm. And again, talking about Brother Jaybird, you mentioned you know I got this built up in my head for 20 years, like, and I said this last time, like Christo is one of like my top three favorites in Christo Carol in all of Dragon Quest. Like, I love the guy. He was a paladin, and yes, Genghis the Legendary Bandit. You did point out to me the other day on the den. That uh, I called uh, Prince of Kanak the original paladin, and then in the last podcast I called Kirill like the original Dragon Quest paladin. But uh, he's like, the paladin everybody cares about. Correct. <laughs> Kanak everybody jokes about, and both of these guys are kind of jokes in the Dragon Quest fandom. You know, Kanak's always dead, and uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he is. Kirill... <laughs> and Kirill's always casting thwack or whatever. But I'm like it. I didn't really realize 
how they characterized him so much as this like really lovesick puppy guy like stumbling over words and everything in this game that was something that took me a little bit by shock i was like what where'd this come from this can't be canon it's an official game but it can't be canon correct <laughs> something happened to him in the in, in the moving between universes here he lost a little bit of mojo <laughs> It's got, got the Pokemon problem now. There are so many alternate universes of the same games that you can't just get like this combined version. No, they have different versions of all the characters in each different remake they've got. We just need to have uh, Into the Kirillverse. <laughs> That'd be something. That could be the next movie to bomb in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did Spider-Verse not do well there? No, no, no. I'm just saying Dragon Quest, your story didn't do oh, well. Oh, your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So let, let's make a, let's make a well, movie about a lovesick I don't, I don't exactly know if that movie bombed there, because I think a lot of people went to see it. They just were not kind in their reviews. Yeah, it didn't have... <laughs> it was great up until, like, the last 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, because I hear a lot of people, uh, a lot of people in the West actually like the ending. Um, so maybe it was just the fact that we've heard, you know, we didn't see it until a couple of months ago, and we just had several months of, uh, like, probably six months buildup of just people crapping all over it. <laughs> and then, so then when we finally saw it, we're like, uh, all right, it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. But, like, there's definitely a lot of people in the West who are like, oh, I love the ending. It's mm-hmm. you right in the feels. That's because people in the West have no taste. What? Shots fired. <laughs> Whack cast. Oh, man. Whack cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you who want revenge, talk to Platinum. He'll give you my personal information, I'm sure. <laughs> so does that mean that movie would be Dragon Quest Thwack Story? <laughs> Hero's Thwack Story. <laughs> Everyone could use a good Thwack Story. Yep, yep. Oh, okay. So we touched on it a little bit earlier, um, the missions that uh, we did not do. But what were some of the hardest missions that you remember in the game? You know, other than Zoma, other than uh, the other ones we've talked about that you just couldn't get through or you played a lot to get through. Oh, gosh. Um, well, the big one that comes to mind is I think one of the maps you get, because the original Heroes has the system where you unlock new areas partly through the story and partly through the maps you get by completing missions and completing parts of the story. And I think this is a map fight. But what they do is they set you up at the front of the town outside the gates and the first thing they do is they throw atlas at you atlas uh the big uh, the the big orange giant relative of the cyclops and he's coming and you got to kill him and you got to go running down to go fight him and once you do all hell breaks loose because what happens is once you do a certain amount of damage he starts making noise and what this does is it summons all his friends so it's not just atlas it's atlas and pazuzu and belial so you've got the three generals from uh, Warriors 2 breathing down your neck. And Atlas does not go down easy. Even if you've got your characters up to level 99, he's still a bit of a challenge if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So yeah, you've got that's... all three of them. Oh, and then they start summoning more monsters. You've got monsters breathing down around your area, coming out of dark mo- night maws. And then he starts summoning them behind you. Because the trick here is it's a tower defense mission. You're defending a, an Yggdrasil route. And the ostensible goal is to prevent Atlas from getting there. But he's got all his friends going after it anyway. He summons monsters left and right from 20 feet away. So you got to figure out how to split your time up between knocking around Atlas and pals and all the monsters they've got in reserve. 
So you have to more or less split your attention really evenly and uh, between two different fights. And it keeps you on the ball for so long that that it's really easy to lose track and get tripped up. And that'll that'll throw you a lot. Yeah, that mission. Oh, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) All right. So um, I I, I do remember those fruit missions where you have to defend it and they're coming from all sides and they they keep opening these these maws. And you have to you have to make a quick split decision of which ones you're going to go defend, Uh, maybe fight off a little bit of one and then go fight the other one before it starts swarming on you. Um, So, yeah, it gets uh, there's some really interesting fights in these games. Yeah, I'll have to say all the ones with those Yggdrasil roots were pains in the butt. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the tower defense, like, you know what, if it was all the ones like go here, fight this guy, go here, fight this guy, go here, fight this. I mean, there, there were enough other difficult ones but you know the ones where you got the whole map spread out and you had to really go through and take out all those mall keepers or Mm -hmm. you know take out some areas too but at the same time defend the yggdrasil route oh my god that was ridiculous i remember there was one and i think because a lot of the maps there's two missions in that map there's the mission that you have to go through in the story but you can go back there later and there's a more advanced version of all the maps yeah and yeah there was the second advanced version and i can't remember the name of it or whatever but i can picture the game select screen it's down near the bottom right and you start on a plateau and the igdasil route is right down below you when you're there and it's just this massive map there's swamps in different area corners and there's a maze in the top left and there's just so much that you have to do and basically that igdasil route is at the center of the map so there's like six different paths that meet where this route is and there's just like almost no way to defend all six paths or keep people away so unless you like make quick rushes out to do stuff and then come back you got to sit there and you're constantly spinning trying to fight all these guys and i think that was the one i probably replayed the most because i could get far enough that i would i had the hope that i could do it you know it wasn't like zoma which i was like screw this i'm gonna lose (laughs) i know it but it was one i could keep getting close enough to and it probably took me 10 times to play that one yeah that was the same for me those protect x type missions i had the most trouble with how'd you guys do on the bjorn fight Oh, the Bjorn flight. Fl- the Bjorn flight. Well, it is a flight. The Bjorn fight was glorious. I loved yeah. every second of it. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I also like the fight on, on the air castle, like where you're on the top of it, and then all the flying monsters are swarming on you. That, that's the Bjorn fight. Oh, yeah. is it the same it's fight? The same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the two different phases. Bjorn is approaching, summoning a bunch of air monsters while you're running around on the island. And then you got to alternate between taking down the air flyer monsters and shooting things at Bjorn. And I think, don't they all, does he drop a, a couple of rock bombs on you too and you have to shoot them off before they explode? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that, 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 that your platform is the tower defense, that you're, the tower you're defending. Yeah, 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 that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a tough one. It was probably one I did five, six, seven times. Yeah, same here. I think I, think I, I kept missing his head. Yeah, you had to hit really specific parts of that because yeah you're firing the you're like in an automatic cannon shooting crossbows like the big crossbows yeah is this the first besides um well i guess besides rocket slime uh was this the first heroes game to have or first dragon quest game to really have cannons i don't know i cannot recall cannons in any of the mainline games well Uh, the Giddish Empire and Dragon Quest IX had some unusable cannons they had some basically like some stock (laughs) <laughs> stock cannons on the on the tops of the uh, the towers as you're as you're climbing up the uh, the, the Giddish castle. Yeah, and I, I would imagine you could see cannon set pieces, but actual usable cannons. I think that starts with uh, Heroes one. 
Yeah. Or or Rocket Slime. Yeah. <laughs> the original Dragon Quest heroes. Heroes, <laughs> heroes one or heroes point zero. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, what did you guys think of the final battle? Because I mean, I, I I thought it was a good battle. I thought it was quite epic. But oh my god, this was the one thing. Let's say by the time I reached level 100, I want to say my youngest was about three when I went back like a few six months after I beat it and started like, let me let me really get into the post game and go through do this. And he had turned three by then and he wanted to play. So for a while, he sat with a PS2 controller and pretended he was playing while I was on the screen. <laughs> but um, by the time he turned, I want to say by the time he turned three or four, he was old enough and my wife i remember my wife texting me one day she's like brady says he knows how to like put the disc in or is the disc in he knows how to load it up and he would just he i almost every day for about a month he would beat this game he'd go in he'd load it up he memorized where to go through the menus and he would go there and beat the game which was pretty easy for him because i had everybody level 99 by then but <clears throat> i'm a, i've seen this ending to this game more times than half a dozen other games put together <laughs> I actually, I think I only beat the game once, so I actually don't really remember this boss fight at all. Um, can you, any, any of you guys describe um, what the what the monster looked like, or what the final, the last girl, whatever it looked like? It's uh, Shadroth the dragon. It's oh, okay, dragon okay, yeah, dog, I do remember a big, that. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a western star dragon stands up on its hind legs and just kind of just walks towards you over time. I think they've got like one or two phases up front where you're technically kind of sort of doing damage, but then they have to go through like two or three more cinematic scenes before you get there uh so and then the final fight where you're technically like right in front of the castle gates but he's warped reality around you so like the universe is breaking down in your immediate area uh-huh. and that's where the real fight exists okay yeah yeah i do remember that i should go back and redo that um i also was there an orochi fight in this game too where you have to there was a King Hydra fight. Uh, Hydra, yeah, yeah. You have to you have to kick um some rock bombs over and it eats them up and they explode yeah. inside. Or that was that was a fun. Um, yeah, that was that was a that was a very cool mission. I enjoyed that. One. Yeah, and then I, I loved fighting in the leaves of the Yggdrasil tree. You're like up on the branches. Like... Yeah, Yggdrasil's crown. That's what they called it. That was it. Yeah. That was it. I was I was thinking about what was that name again? I was like, oh, that's right. I liked I liked how they had the. Uh, temple up there that was a nice set piece. yeah i was gonna say you get to the top and you have to there's a couple of interesting fights there's a, a some sort of i think it's a golem that knocks two off mm-hmm. sort of rock monster that can like punch you off the yggdrasil and then you have to restart the fight which is like i i think happened to me once and then i was like oh that's obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> well and the mechanic there is you have to knock him off too that's how you beat him because right. if you knock yeah if you get his hit points all the way down it's like Woo-hoo, i beat him he just recharges like he yeah, i think he yeah, crumples yeah. into bricks and then yeah. pops back up and you're like what the heck yeah and then i think after that fight is done i think you can fight a bunch of king slimes in the next room which is pretty cool too mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah yeah i only i only fought shadroth the once myself i think um and the set the setting was very cool i i appreciate what they did with the setting that was it was a very nice final boss arena um but i i seem to recall like late in the fight once i got his health down he would um there was some kind of levitation mechanic going on where you'd have to the way he'd rise you up into the air and you'd have to attack him during that it's been years uh since i remembered anything about this fight so my memory is really spotty and i wasn't sure because the machine i'm playing on isn't very i was playing it on wasn't very good so i was never entirely sure whether i was doing something properly or something was breaking and i was just rolling with it 
So I, I did the fight and I won. And I remember there was a levitation segment, and that's pretty much all I can say about it. Yeah, I think yeah. because this was the Shadroth was the end of the story mode, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I played so much of the post game, I just forgot the the story mode <laughs> final boss. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the story mode you, you're not really extending it probably much past 25, 35 hours, if that, depending on how much grinding and whatever you do yeah. but yeah I, i've got 110 hours in this game and yeah the, the so. maps were really cool though i remember just there's a lot of really memorable maps including like temples and there's that one area that's like uh it's like a ruins of a castle with like a swamp on one side and everything and you, you can get to a high point and defend that uh from a bunch of like approaching golems and other monsters and everything that just that that particular map um, which I'm blanking on the name right now is uh, particularly. I think that's the one that really pissed me off. Because <laughs> I think that's the one that right above the high point, because you can like jump way down. I think that's where the Yggdrasil root is, and it's on the high point, it. right? It's right below the high point. Oh, right below root. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can go up there and use the cannons and just like blast blast away at the anything approaching yeah but i mean it doesn't hop down and hop down and attack like the the um walking corpses or whatever's whatever's like really immediately close Mm -hmm. but uh, anything else memorable you guys uh oh i i did want to give a shout out to uh this is a one of those games of course like uh chrono trigger and so many other games before or uh, after that um where you you fight a a boss who then joins you later and when you have to fight him he's like way way harder and stronger than when you actually get it oh oh, yeah the the sorrow fight yeah the sorrow Mm -hmm. fight is like brutally difficult and then you get him and he's like crazy weak especially if you've (laughs) been like level grinding your characters i think my characters are like close to closing on 99 and then i get him and he's like 60 or 70 and he's like way behind i remember how disappointing <laughs> that was too yeah that was a that was a bit of a letdown yeah oh you mr bane sword <laughs> yes for the second uh, episode in a row we got to talk about it yeah <laughs> so so Woodus, what do you think about sorrow's new canon last name well, I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's just weird having it now after all these years of not having it. <laughs> and and in uh, Quest of the Stars, which is where it originates, um, they are using it pretty pretty frequently. Like, oh, wherever they can insert it, they'll they'll into uh, into the Dragon Quest Four event. They'll you know Bane Sword, Bane Sword, Bane Sword, Bane Sword. It's the Malkovich Malkovich scene from from uh, being John Malkovich the movie. Uh, but uh, yeah yeah Bane sword it's uh it's part of the canon now well yeah that's one of the big gotcha events right now is the bane sword equipment yeah gotcha the draw. Bane sword. <laughs> all right which, nope. which i've spent my nine nine or twelve thousand gems on and haven't gotten squat uh, <laughs> yeah there's no there's no falcon blade in there so i'm not uh, i'm not even trying i'm just hoarding <laughs> gems right now until the next available falcon blade tombola and then i'll uh it'll come again around I'll... again sometime it'll be tucked yeah. in some other event. Yep, and then I'll bl- I'll I'll blow through all my gems trying to get it and not get it. <laughs> this is That's such okay. is my life in in Quest of Come the back Stars. in another year. Yeah, exactly. So, any uh, any other final thoughts for Dragon Quest Heroes? I liked it. it. It's a it's a really good game for the gameplay. I I would I wouldn't recommend it for anybody looking for a lot of story. 
Um, but it is an, it is a very fun, um, it is a very fun adaptation of the quest franchise as a whole. And I appreciate it for that. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I think, I said this on the other podcast I was on. They because not everybody on that podcast was a huge Dragon Quest fan, and we were talking about all these licensed Muso games, is what they are um, in Japan. And I was like, you know, I've never played a Muso game before this, so I didn't have anything to compare it to. Now I've played the Hyrule Warriors, I've played the Hyrule Warriors, um, and well, maybe this one doesn't have as much post-game content as those do. Those are ridiculously chock-full of things to do that. Like, you can do stuff for 100 hours, not just level grinding and everything. There's actually, like, missions and story. Not story, but there's actually, like, the point to do it, not just to get stronger. Um, Being the first one I played and knowing so much about the Dragon Quest series and seeing all the little, you know, Easter eggs and stuff that they put in there, it's really awesome that they were able to understand Dragon Quest, the creators of this, that... They'd not done any Dragon Quest before, a completely separate company just working with the license. And they just did an awesome job. It From top to bottom, it felt Dragon Quest. And all the uh, puff absolutely. puffs you could ever want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More than you could ever want. Yes, depending on uh, what your proclivities are. I'm sure there was a few that you did not want. But yet they were there. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the first. This is the first Muso <laughs> game that I uh, that I owned. Um, I played Hyrule Warriors uh, for the Switch uh, at a friend's place, and uh, I, what, I, what, I, what I thought was cool about that game is for the Switch you can actually play uh, Hyrule Warriors as a two-player. Mm-hmm. So one person is on the, uh, the the LCD controller, and the other person could be on the TV, and um, and you can play oh, you can play co-op. So. I was hoping for that for this game, and they didn't do it, and then they didn't do it again for two. Um, but yeah, that's something I'd love to see in like a third Dragon Quest Heroes game. Um, That'd be oh, awesome. It's a- a co-op option, I think, would be awesome. So you must have played it on the. You're talking about Hyrule Warriors. You must have played it on the Wii U then. Oh, was it Wii U? Yeah, it, it's on the Switch now. It's on the Switch now, but it's split screen. You're on the left. The other person's on the right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I was. I guess it was yeah. the Wii U then. Yeah, I played it at, uh, at my buddy Gabe's house from the uh, my buddy Abe brother, um, not Gabriel. <laughs> my but my buddy Abe uh, DD drove up from the uh, Dragon Quest Nine uh, multiplayer group. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. So uh, I guess that's it for this episode of Slime Time. We do want to thank Brother Jay Bird for joining us to talk about um, this awesome game. Thanks for having me. I'm flattered. Thanks so much, Brother Jay Bird. Yeah. Uh, so you might have noticed that the only time we mention Patreon on our podcast is when we say we don't use Patreon. We're just long-term fans that want to speak about the game series we know, we love so much. So if you have money you would like to donate, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at www.wudis.com slash den. Click on support this site. Um, Wudis, who's on this episode with us, he's owned and maintained that site for over 20 years. He'd appreciate any donation, or you can use his Amazon affiliate link. You can buy Dragon Quest Heroes. Dragon Quest Heroes 2, Dragon Quest Heroes 11, 11S, whatever else has got linked there. He's got a bunch of them linked, and he'll get a little fraction of the sale going to support the den. And if you're an advertiser looking for a cool new podcast to spend lots of ad revenue on, reach out to us at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can find us on Twitter at platym 3 or at RyamuCelestrian, or hit us up both simultaneously at DQ Slime Time. Also, please uh, be sure to join our new Instagram account also what is our instagram account <laughs> also at dq slime time 
right. Um, Brother Jaybird, are you on Twitter or Instagram? Not not really, no. I, I, I occasionally look to find interesting things, but I don't I don't have a personal account. Alright, so find Brother Jaybird at the Dragon's Den. Join him on the forums where we've got lots of DQ discussions going on. It's one of the uh, few, maybe the only remaining Dragon Quest forums still around. <laughs> Forum period. There's not a lot of forum work going on. Discord's killed everything. Thanks a lot, Discord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find the Den forums on the main page, um, what I said earlier, or www.wudis.com forums. I'm there talking a lot about it. Brother Jaybird's diving deep into a lot of this stuff. Um, and everybody the, else is Heroes games. <laughs> and he's also... You can hear his experiences exploring Dragon Quest XI for the first time. So uh, go ahead, do that. Uh, and we'd like to thank everyone else that made this possible, like Wudis. Thank you very much for the support of the series and this podcast and for keeping the Den's lights on for decades. And thanks to Amanda Lepre and the Descendants of Erdrick for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. Descendants of Erdrick is a video game tribute band from Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard, check them out in their most recent album, Advent, at www.descendantsofurdrick.com or on Twitter at D of Erdrick. Or once the coronavirus stuff is all all over with, uh, go see their band leader Amanda Lepre live on tour as a guitar with Andrew Ah, speaking of Instagram, thanks to our friend Dwayne Bullock, our graphic artist. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Dwayne Art or at his website, DwayneBullockArt.BigCartel.com. He uh, made the awesome artwork cover for this pad- podcast, and he's been on a few times, as well as starring in the original iterations of Slime Time many years ago. And if you're looking for more DQ podcasts, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor FM, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and more. Please also check out our fellow Dragon Quest podcasts available like Puff Puff Hour and Dragon Quest FM. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Wudis. Thanks, Thank Brother Jaybird. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again. DQ Slime Time, sliming off.